Good morning. We're so glad that you're joining us this morning uh, from wherever you are. We are just happy that you're here. Happy long weekend. So this morning we have a special guest with us, uh, Gloria Hunter. And Gloria, for those of you who don't know, Gloria is our official hospitality director for the church. Uh, Gloria has an amazing gift for hospitality. If you've ever been to her house or uh, you've ever spent any time with her, you know that, that her heart is for reaching people and her heart is to make them feel welcome uh, and invited. And you just do that so well in your own house. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons that I approached her and I said, hey, would you be interested in running our hospitality department? Uh, and so then from there, she started doing a bunch of research. She's been reading books and studying. And so this morning, we just want to um, expound on the insight that she has that she's lived with, but also that she has discovered in her reading. Um, and, and I really believe that this morning, as we talk about what could be called kingdom hospitality, uh, that, that hospitality is something that, that's on God's heart, that in Jesus coming to earth and giving his life up uh, for humanity, is actually God inviting us into his home, into his family, uh, which is which is hospitality. It's inviting somebody into your home. Mm-hmm. Um, and this morning, actually, we're going to read, uh, just to start us off and make this a legal meeting. So we're going to start this morning reading out of Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verses 1 and 2. And it says, No matter what, make room in your hearts to love every believer, and show hospitality to strangers, for they may be angels from God, showing up as your guests. And I just love that passage. I think that's such an incredible reason uh, to show hospitality. Not mm-hmm. that we necessarily need more reasons to do it, but but the idea that that you never know who you're entertaining. Yep. Uh, you know, and as a church, one of our values is that we want to be a place of family. We want to create a culture of family in our church, and uh, where people can come and they can feel like they belong, and where where not only the members feel like they belong, but as we invite friends and family and neighbors that they would actually feel a, a sense of belonging. And I, and I think hospitality is such a big part of that. Of mm-hmm. How do people feel when they enter the building? How do people feel when they interact with believers? Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we just start by praying together and then, uh, and then we'll hand it over to you to share some of your insights. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Jesus, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you for your incredible invitation to us. Holy Spirit, we just thank you this morning that you are in every home, wherever people are joining in from this morning, that you are there with them in the room. And we just ask this morning that you would just open our eyes to another tool of how we can follow your call to make disciples and to uh, love our neighbors. We ask that you would just awaken in us not just an understanding but a passion to see people who are far from you come to know. In Jesus' name. So, as I said before, uh, after we asked if you would 
be the hospitality director. Mm-hmm. Um, and you so graciously accepted. And uh, we had all kinds of plans that we were starting on before right. this whole COVID thing happened, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we had all kinds of great, great ideas. Mm-hmm. And this kind of has put a pause on everything. Um, but why don't you start by just sharing a little bit of, as you've been studying and reading, um, what stood out to you about hospitality? I, I know, like I said before, it's, hospitality is something that's in your nature. It's something that you do so well. Um, but what is it that... I guess, what is it about hospitality that, that you're passionate about? Uh, I guess hospitality comes naturally to me because I'm such an extrovert. Not that introverts can't practice hospitality because they certainly can't in their own way. Um, but I love people and I love meeting new people and I also love bringing people together. Mm-hmm. So when I have people over for dinner, I like to invite people uh, from maybe a couple from the church and then a couple that aren't from the church and maybe some neighbors or whatever and I like to mix that group so it it's something that I really enjoy uh, which is why you <laughs> approached me because you've noticed that uh, that I, I tend to do that um, to me Hospitality, and uh, there's a quote by this lady that I read, whose book I read, and I'll talk about that later. But hospitality is ground zero for being a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, It's where we should all start, I think. And the definition of hospitality uh, could be different for everybody. To me, hospitality, there's two parts of it. There's hospitality that we show towards each other Mm -hmm. in the church. And then there's hospitality that we show toward people who are not part of the church. And although there's a lot of similarities, I think they're quite different. Um, Newcomers to our church, when they come into our church building, uh, they walk in. Some of them have never been in a church building before. Uh, some of them have been to other churches. They they've kind of trying out our church. Uh, varying backgrounds, varying degrees of faith, from no faith at all, athe- being atheists to being, yeah, I've been part of the church my whole life kind of thing. Yeah. So when you're thinking of hospitality, uh, you really need to um, be thinking of all the different types of people. Yeah, absolutely. And the different backgrounds. Well, and it, it comes back to the verse that we started out with, right? Yeah. It, it, the first verse in Hebrews 13, it says that we should be loving each other. And that's almost like that hospitality towards other believers. Right. But it does. It looks different yep. than the hospitality to strangers. Yes. Um, and really setting ourselves up. Yes, we want to be hospitable to other believers, but we especially, because Jesus' great commission is that we're to go and make disciples. Yes. And you don't make disciples, uh, part of making disciples is is meeting strangers um, and inviting them to the, the banquet table that God has set out before us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it, it is also that, that aspect of showing hospitality to those who maybe are far from God, mm-hmm. um, maybe have had a bad church experience in the past. And how are we relating to them mm-hmm. um, 
recognizing that we ourselves at one point were far from God and we, you know, that, that it's not, it's not an us and them mindset, right? Right. Um, but how do we extend ourselves in a way where people feel welcomed mm -hmm. and they feel engaged and, and it, it almost opens the door for the gospel in a different way. Mm -hmm. I, I think the atmosphere that we create can either open the door to the gospel or shut the door in people's faces. Exactly. And part of that atmosphere is the way people re uh, approach new people. Mm. Whether it's in the church or whether it's in the community, in your neighborhood, uh, it's really our approach. Yeah. And that whole concept of making disciples, I really struggle with that um, because I'm very sensitive to non-believers being married to Dean, who gives me feedback a lot, mm -hmm. that when I um, approach a non-believer, when I'm interacting with a non-believer, that I don't have an agenda. Yeah. That my agenda is not to bring them to the Lord. Because I believe that that's not my job. Um, my job is, and I read this as another quote, all we have to do is show up, mm -hmm. uh, to show up with people, to show them love. We show up and we show them love and we, um, you know, if the opportunity arises, we can talk to them about God and about our faith. Uh, but I think the first thing that we need to do is just show up yeah. and love them. Yeah. And God, the Holy Spirit, is the person that actually does the conversion mm -hmm. and so we have to be really careful when we're talking to non-believers and and connecting with non-believers that we're not looking at them as a as being a project yeah, yeah and oh well i'm just going to have to really try to you know bring them convince to the lord them. and right. convince yeah. them that this is the right way because then we tend to we can tend to look down on them yeah yeah it creates and that us and them mindset exactly and if we can just say, it's all us, yeah. you know, we're all God's creation, and uh, yeah, just love people. There's a great quote, uh, and I don't even know where it originated, but the, the quote is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Exactly. And it's that, it's really, I think that's what you're getting at, is this yeah. idea of, you're not saying don't make disciples, you're, yeah. you're saying we need to... People have had bad experiences where where the Bible has been stuffed down their throat, or they've yep. been and and I think often try in trying to avoid that we've avoided evangelism. Yeah. Um, but the which is is also not a good thing. We've kind of swung to the other side. Yes. But it's this idea that we want to engage people where they're at. We want them to know that they're loved. Yeah. That God loves them. That we love them. Mm -hmm. And and then after that, that opens a door for us to share a relationship. And because Jesus is in our lives, yeah. they experience Jesus through us. Yeah. It's not about it's That's not about right. removing Jesus right. from the picture and yeah. saying, "Well, we're gonna no. we're gonna present some kind Absolutely. of um, alternative gospel." It's not no. that at all. It's no. about how do we live our lives in a way where people encounter Jesus yeah. in us um, through yeah. the way that we're hospitable, through the way that we open ourselves up. You know, I have a little story, and it's it's about my grandmother, who was quite the woman. Um, she, uh, at one point, was selling Amway. And uh, I don't know if you, most people will know about Amway. Maybe younger people won't, but um, 
they used to go and invite people to parties, Amway parties, and, and there's quite a bit of pressure to buy their dish detergent and laundry soap and, you know, this and that. And uh, so she invited one of her neighbors. She lived in an apartment building. She invited a neighbor who turned out was quite a lonely person. And so this woman came over to her place, and, and my grandmother invited her for tea, and they had a nice visit. And then it came to the part of the visit where she had to introduce the Amway product. And the woman just stopped and said, Oh, that's why you invited me. I thought it was because you liked me. And, you know, I think we need to just look at people and see them as people, yeah. just like us. And uh, so, anyway, talking about hospitality, um, I think it can occur in, a, in church, which is something that you and I have talked about. How can we make the environment more friendly? How can we improve the hospitality uh, that we currently practice? Mm -hmm. Uh, which is having greeters at the door and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so that's part of it. But the other part is having hospitality in your home, yeah. in your neighborhood, mm -hmm. right? And there's a real movement uh, in the church, and it's been around for a while, but I just discovered it when, I, when you asked me to do this. It's called Radical Hospitality. And uh, it... it the focus is in the neighborhood, in your own home. Mm -hmm. um, so what you do, what people have done, is they have involved uh, people at, and invited their neighbors for dinner, for example. Um, some of them put a notice up, posters up in the neighborhood, come to dinner on this particular day. Or they've gone around and, uh, in, you know, door to door and invited people. So they invite them for dinner, uh, expecting don't know how many people, there could be 30 people, there could be three show up. So you got to be prepared. Um, and they um, just make them feel welcome. And uh, now some people will, if their normal behavior is to uh, say grace before the meal, they do that. Uh, if their normal practice is to uh, have a, a Bible study after the meal, they do that, mm -hmm. and they tell their neighbors, "You can stay for this, or you can leave." It does, you know, it's fine with us. Yeah. Um, and really, just opening the doors for people to experience your life to yeah. to come and and saying, "Hey, this is my life. This is me. Yeah. Uh, come and and join in." Yeah. Uh, yeah. As opposed to, okay, now we are structuring this in a way that that is unnatural. Right. Yeah, this is what we do, mm -hmm. and then people will know, and you can even tell people ahead of time, you know, just to let you know we say grace, we have a Bible study after the meal, you know, so that they're not put in a in an uncomfortable position when, when you do introduce the Bible study after the meal, um, or, you know, you pray for each other or whatever you do. It's uh, the thing you don't want to do is make them feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that's... Uh, really incredible about about looking at hospitality, not just in the church, um, but looking at it in the home and in the neighborhood, is that we find ourselves right now in a very unique position in that we can't meet in the church. Yeah. Um, so what do you think this looks like in the context of COVID right now where we're at? Um, is this still possible? Um, you know, and I think part of what you're saying is it is still possible because it's in our neighborhoods. And, yeah. 
and with our neighbors. Yeah. Um, but can you expand on that a little bit? What would that look like? Well, what Dean and I have done is we've continued to have dinner parties on this deck on a nice sunny evening. Um, and we invite our neighbors, maybe one couple or two couples, and we spread out the chairs. And if people want to, they can bring their own dinner, uh, dinnerware, cutlery, um, even if they want to bring their own food. Mm -hmm. I belong to a, a, a Friday morning breakfast group of ladies that we have decided we're just going to bring our own breakfasts. And we get together on one of our patios and we just have a good visit. And, you know, one of the things that's hard to do is not hug everybody <laughs> when they arrive or when they leave. But we managed to, to do that not do that um but yeah it's 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 just the same to yeah, me yeah. and you just have to be careful and you can ask people have you been uh social distancing and you know are you comfortable with being you know coming over to our place and it that so that's one thing we can do yeah uh where do, where do you see hospitality fitting in with the, the ministry of jesus well to start with um god came to earth mm -hmm. uh, in the form of a person. He came into our story, right? Yeah. Instead of making us be in his story. He showed us that he wants to be where we are at. Mm -hmm. And the example of Jesus while he was on earth, I mean, to me, he's the ultimate example of hospitality. Yeah. He enfolded, and you know, people that were on the outside of society. Mm -hmm. That seems seemed to be his his major focus was yeah. was non-believers. Um, you know, people that were not accepted, that were, you know, lepers and and beggars and prostitutes, whatever. Uh, and he showed them love. Mm -hmm. And so to me, um, you know, that is hospitality. And one of the things that Jesus did a lot of was having meals yeah. with people. That was a real thing. And it must have been part of the Jewish culture at that time. And it's part of our culture, too. But I think there's a real magic in sharing a meal mm -hmm. with people. Well, and I think if you look at how many of Jesus' teachings uh, overflowed from a meal, where, yeah. he would, where he would come together with people uh, you know I mean last week I, I read a verse where where he was uh, where Matthew was called I think it's in Luke chapter 5 and it says right away Matthew took Jesus to his house and there were all kinds of unreputable people there yeah and the Pharisees started complaining how can he how can he eat with these people yeah uh, because there's a, a sense of communion that happens when we eat together mm -hmm. and and so many times Jesus would eat with somebody and then it would lead way into him teaching them something mm -hmm. they would gather around the table Mm -hmm. um, and and he would, they would eat or he would feed them. I mean, you think of the the miracles of him multiplying the five thousand. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. of multiplying the loaves and the fishes. Yeah, and so he would feed them, or they would eat together, and then it would flow into a time of teaching. Mm -hmm. um, or he would be teaching, and it would flow into a time of eating. And there's just kind mm -hmm. of this this back and forth between. Uh, growing spiritually and, and learning together mm -hmm. and this idea of eating together, gathering around the table. Yeah, I'm, I totally agree. Uh, so in your studying and reading, how have you found that hospitality plays into discipleship? Uh, and what I mean by discipleship is that, that 
making disciples uh, in Jesus' command is is his command to follow him mm-hmm. uh, and and become a follower of who he is mm-hmm. um, and inviting people to to know God to know his love for them mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so how do you see hospitality uh, playing into that yeah in the book uh, by the way the book that I bought I, I saw it online and then I happened to go to a Christian bookstore and bought it it's called the gospel it, um, comes with a house key and it's about this whole idea of uh, people you know inviting people into your home and having a meal together and it's about a few other things but one of the things that um, the author uh, mentions is how she was first led to um, a Christian home. And uh, she was a lesbian and part of the LGBTQ community and a feminist and very active as a feminist. And she wrote articles in the newspaper and she would, these articles would be published. And um, she got varying different responses, as you can imagine. Some of them were hateful, some of them were you know, great, you know, very uh, complimentary and supportive. One of the things she got was a a letter from a pastor who invited her to come to his home for a, for a, and have a meal with him and his wife. Mm -hmm. And um, so she put that aside. She thought at the time, oh yeah, sure, that'll be fun. Put, put it aside. And then something led her to pick it up again. And, uh, she called the guy, the pastor, and she said, you know, I got this letter from you a while ago. Is it, are you still inviting me to your home? And uh, he said, yeah, come on over. So he, she went over for dinner. And after the dinner was over and she left and, and got home, it hit her that not once was she invited to church and not once did they preach the gospel to her? But that she had had a really enjoyable evening where these two Christians just showed an interest in her and mostly listened. Yeah. And um, that really made an impression with her. And that led her to ultimately uh, becoming a Christian. Um, she ended up changing her lifestyle and she married a pastor. And she started this whole thing about radical, well, started parti- started participating in yeah. radical uh, hospitality. And um, she and her husband, that's, that's basically their ministry, is to invite people into their homes wow. uh, for meals. Yeah. And it's so, so essentially, really what it's about is, is inviting people, opening the door to your life, to invite people in. Yeah. And, and if Jesus actually lives in your life, yeah. they will encounter Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, making allowance for the Holy Spirit actually to partner with you. Yeah. That, that you're actually working with the Holy Spirit as opposed to feeling like you yeah. have to do it all on your own. Yeah. You're being used by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is using you yeah. for this. And you leave it up to Him to work in their hearts. Yeah. And all you have to do is be yourself and, and be, uh, show a real genuine interest in the people that you invite. And if I remember correctly from that story, she was quite anti-church and anti-God. Oh, yes, yes. Um, 
I think coming she was into an this, atheist. She was ready. She came not in, just an agnostic. She, right. She yeah. And she came in ready to fight them. Yeah. Like she was thinking, okay, the first time these are going to be my points. These yep. are going to be my arguments. And yep. then it there was not even a chance because it was yep. just about getting to know her as a person. Yeah. What yep. I think what's really incredible about that is that it, it takes down a lot of the walls mm-hmm. that people put up when when they think about interacting with believers. Yeah. And that's one of the things that they mention when you're talking about radical hospitality is removing the barriers yeah. uh, and, and for people that are unchurched. Removing those barriers. And, and that's really what so much of what we want to do and, and even you know, living as, as family, um, being the church, is, is that we want to remove any barriers to people hearing the gospel. Yeah. You know, whether it's, it's our own um, preconceived ideas or judgments Mm-hmm. Or whether it's just an atmosphere that people walk in and, and right away they put up barriers because mm-hmm. that happens, right? Yeah. When you, you walk into a building, yeah. uh, you know, you, you get a different sense when you walk into Starbucks mm-hmm. than when you walk into Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. For me, Tim Hortons puts up barriers right away. Yeah. Um, Starbucks is a much more welcoming atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want to do the same thing in, in our lives, mm-hmm. not just in church meetings, mm-hmm. but as believers in our homes, in our, in our lives, where when people encounter us, they're not right away putting up a barrier and saying, oh, I don't want, I don't want to interact with that person. Yeah, yeah. Or I don't want to be in that place. Yeah, that's right. Because it's too churchy. Yeah. And how do you make an environment not too churchy? Uh, I don't, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. I think we can do things to improve the environment, the physical environment at the CGC. Yeah. And you and I have been talking about how to make it more welcoming and homey, mm-hmm. you know. Um, one thing I've, I've discovered, and I know that as, as churches go, I think CGC is quite a hospitable church. Um, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think we tend to be quite friendly. Um, I sense, when I first started at the church, I sensed uh, friendliness. And of course, but then I'm an extrovert, so if, if you're not going to talk to me, I'm just going to talk to you. So, <laughs> but... I did have feedback from one person that came new to our church, uh, and um, her comment was that almost nobody uh, approached her mm. and talked to her. She came to church a few times, and there were very few people that actually approached her and showed some interest in her. So I think we do have some improvement needed, yeah. and I think we can put some things into place at our church to make sure people don't get lost yeah. in the crowd. Yeah. And I think as believers, um, I think we need to all be aware mm-hmm. of why are we there? Are we just there to see our friends? Yeah. Right? Uh, is this our one time in the week when we're going to be Christians or, you know, we're going to act out our faith? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what is church all about? And um, I think there's a danger of just using church as a, a time to get together with your oh, fellow believers, yeah. right? And and after the service is over, you go out and, oh, it's so good to see you, and blah, you know, and everybody's hugging everybody, and you're seeing people you haven't seen for a while. I think all of us have a responsibility to look around when we're in church and just watch people in it. If there's somebody there that you've never seen before, just go, hi, I'm Gloria. Yeah. You know, are you new here or whatever? Well, and, and, and just like you would in a family, if you invite yeah. somebody into your house, 
you don't just let them sit in the corner while yeah. you talk to your brother to your, or sister. That's right. What would you say when it comes to uh, radical hospitality or kingdom hospitality, whatever terminology you want to use for this? Uh, what Essentially what we're talking about is building a culture of family mm-hmm. where people feel welcome, they feel invited. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to somebody who, who is hearing this this morning and is thinking, you know, either I'm introverted or that just doesn't sound like my cup of tea or um, I just don't know if I can do that. Mm-hmm. Somebody who would maybe hear that and think, you know, like you said at the beginning, you know, you're extroverted. You love doing this. This is in your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's people who, watching who are joining us this morning mm-hmm. who that is in their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe this is just the, the push they needed to, mm-hmm. to be encouraged in that mm-hmm. um, as another avenue of ministry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but what about people who are feeling, they would hear that and they would think, man, I just don't know if I can do that. Or, or where could they start? How could they get involved in, mm-hmm. in living that out? What would that look like? Mm-hmm. I think one, one idea that I read about was walking, do a little um, walkabout in your neighborhood. And as you go by each household, praying for that, mm. for the people in that house, even if you don't know who they are. Just pray for them. And then when you as you're walking, you go on to the next one. You pray for them. And you ask the Holy Spirit to um, bring to your mind or to have you cross paths with some of those people. If there are needs, if they're lonely, if they're looking for uh, fellowship, Mm -hmm. if they're uh, if they're wondering about God and you know, they're just ready to hear the gospel. Uh, that's a good place to start. And while you're walking in the neighborhood, you just might come across some of your neighbors. And even if you're not an extrovert, you can still smile, wave, say hi. Mm -hmm. Sometimes friendships start that way. The other thing is you can invite the neighbors you know. Mm -hmm. Right? Just invite them for dinner. If you don't cook, order in. Yeah, you that's, know? A good, that's a good one because there's people who... Yeah, just, like order a pizza. My neighbors... my next maybe people who they shouldn't be cooking for their neighbors. Exactly. <laughs> I think one of the things you mentioned before, and I just wanted to highlight it, was this idea that even as you're going around and, and praying through your neighborhood, um, that we need to just be aware. Yeah. Like, that. I think that's even the starting point. Yeah. If, if, we're, if we're like, okay, how do I even onboard onto this? Maybe I can't host a dinner party for 30 people. Yeah. Um, but just starting with an awareness of who is actually around us mm-hmm. because i think so often the holy spirit puts people around us he's he's not he's not sleeping no um and he invites us to interact yeah but we get so wrapped up in our daily lives in our um just the day-to-day yeah. that we can walk right past somebody and not even recognize that hey maybe they just need a, a smile today or a hi yeah. how's it going or yeah. Yeah. um starting there right yeah. like Yes, starting there in church where we're recognizing who's there, but also in the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And then allowing the Holy Spirit to to maybe highlight things to us yeah. or to highlight people yeah. to us. And bring us opportunities. Yeah. And try to be, like sometimes, you know, many times I'm sure a lot of us have felt this, that, uh-oh, I missed that opportunity. Yeah, totally. You know, there was an opportunity. You thought, should I, shouldn't I? And then time, it, you walk past them or you're, you know, it's too late now and I missed it. I should have done that. Next time I'll do it, yeah. right? 
just something that comes to mind. Um, one day I went to the police station because I had found some keys at uh, Duck Creek Park. So I took them into the police station and they added them to their big bowl of collection of keys. And uh, as I came out, there was a lady sitting in the parking lot in her car. And uh, as I was going back to my car, and there were only two cars in the parking lot, and she kind of looked at me, and I looked at her and waved, and she waved. And, uh, you know, we smiled, and then she rolled down her window, and she said, hello. And uh, anyway, so I said, are you... I said, hi, and I went over, and we're chatting. It turns out that she was there to report a harassment situation where she worked, mm-hmm. that an, a fellow employee had been harassing her. And I, so we were talking, and I said, would you, you know, she said, I'm really frightened because they've slashed my tires. Like, it's, it was really getting dangerous, and she was frightened for herself and her family. And I said, would you like me to pray with you? And she said, yes, I would. And so I just prayed that God would protect her and her family and that, you know, this was not of God, mm-hmm. and that, that Jesus, you are stronger than any evil in the world and that you are going to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she got quite teary and thanked me and I, off I went and I, I've never seen her since. <laughs> but just those little opportunities, yeah. you know, and like I say, sometimes you are there and you get them and then other times you don't. Don't beat yourself up for the times that you you missed it, but um, just go for it the next just time. Just go, just just a little bit of courage. Yeah. You know, you just need a little bit of courage to make the. Fr- and once you do it once, it's easier to do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that comes back to even we were talking about that a few weeks ago. The, the idea of expanding your comfort zone. Right? Yeah. That exactly. little bit of courage just to push you out. That's right. And, and you never. Often we think, oh, that's just a small thing. Yeah. Um, you know, pr- offering to pray for somebody or saying hi and saying, yeah. how's it going? Yeah. Um, but I think especially right now in the culture we're living with, in, with COVID and just the fear that's going around, a little bit of encouragement, a, a little bit of of just loving people, Yeah. it goes a really it long really way. It really does. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a great place to start yeah. is just that awareness. Of, yeah. So as we uh, come out of this season of COVID mm-hmm. and we look at reopening the economy reopening society essentially mm-hmm. um, for churches this is going to look a bit different we still aren't allowed to gather together uh, and so we're looking at some options of smaller house church gatherings things like that what do you think it looks like in the in the context of uh, being hospitable to neighbors and and things like that do you think there's there's space in a house church context uh, to invite neighbors and friends and yeah what what could that look like? Well, I think you could start out by um, inviting them for dinner. And maybe not the very first time you invite them for dinner. But you could say, hey, if you enjoyed that, let's do it again. And maybe they'll invite you for dinner. Um, and basically you're building relationships, right? Yeah. And then at some point, maybe the conversation goes around to it. You could say to them, you know, on Sundays our pastor uh, puts his his uh, message out online and there's a couple of us that get together at our house and uh, we listen to his message and then we talk about it. Would you be interested in that kind of thing? Right? But you don't want to do that the, 
the right first, off the first time. Remembering, You're building that remembering rep, that, Rosario yes. that wrote the book, you don't want to have them come over and say, oh, by the way, would you like to be participate in art service? Because then they're going to think that you... You're, you're building relationships. Yeah, you're first. just focusing on getting to know them yeah. and them getting to know you, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah and it's, And it might evolve to that. That's right, and it... it, it Again, it's about that taking down those barriers. That's right. right. It's not about removing but, the, or downplaying the gospel or watering yes. down the gospel, but it's about removing any barriers yes. from somebody hearing the gospel so that the gospel can be the thing right. that maybe offends them. And, and sometimes mm. that offense is actually what causes us to change direction or to change Who our knows? perspective. Yeah. Um, but it's getting anything else out of that out of the way. Yeah. You know, where we are standing in the way or where our traditions or our methodology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has gotten in the way. Mm-hmm. We want to remove those things so that people have access to meeting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of the story where Jesus is preaching and, and the friends are trying to take their lame friend to meet Jesus so he can be healed. Mm-hmm. And there's all these people in the way and there's all this stuff in the way from the friends getting him there. Yeah. And so they go up on the roof and they rip a hole in the roof mm-hmm. and they lower him down. Mm-hmm. And they're, they are so passionate about this person meeting Jesus, mm-hmm. this friend of theirs meeting Jesus, that they will do anything they can to get anything else out of the yep. way mm-hmm. to get them to come before Jesus. Yep. And I think essentially that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to we n- never water down the gospel, never nope. change the gospel, but adjust the methodology, mm-hmm. of the, the method of how we do it mm-hmm. to bring people before Jesus so they can encounter him, they can meet him mm-hmm. uh, through us, mm-hmm. through our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and they can be transformed by that encounter yes. so that they can then make the choice to follow him and to, to, to come into alignment with, with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it is, it's important that we are removing those things that, because so many things that we do as method, we tend to think those are gospel, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If we don't, you know, sing three hymns and three fast songs, mm-hmm. you know, that becomes our gospel instead of recognizing, well, or, or if we don't bring people to the church building mm-hmm. then are we really being the church mm-hmm. as opposed to recognizing actually we are the church mm-hmm. wherever we are mm-hmm. we're the church on salt spring yeah the church uh, we are one body mm-hmm. yeah and we're called to bring jesus to the world mm-hmm. that we would live out that we would live like jesus so people can encounter jesus yeah it's and more not in a threatening way yeah that's right right a, a way where you're putting up barriers and oh yeah that, Let's stay away from them. And I think what's really important for us to recognize is that it's not... Church isn't about people coming and hearing the pastor speak. No. We are the church. Yes. And so there's people that you are going to be able to encounter and bring bring Jesus to yes. through your life that wouldn't even have a conversation with me because by my title, they're threatened or yeah. by, mm-hmm. by the fact that I'm a pastor... Yep. Um, that affects their their desire for relationship. So there's actually people in our congregation, people who are the church, who are called to bring Jesus to the world. Uh, not just bring people to the church, yeah. right? Not just bring people to hear the pastor's message, mm-hmm. uh, although that's a good thing, but to mm-hmm. actually... Uh, I heard it this last week where they, they said, you know, that a prevailing church, the message is go and tell, mm-hmm. not come and hear. Mm-hmm. It's this difference of right. come back again, or right. I am actually a carrier of the gospel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to go into all the world, to go into all of Salt Spring, 
and to live for Jesus, to love people, to invite them into that culture of family through the way I do life, through my house, through the resources that I have. And I think that's a really, I think what COVID has revealed is that that is a really important perspective for us to change. It's not about coming to the building. It's about being the church in the world. Yeah. And I think mostly it's about relationships. Yeah. I think through relationships is how we do it. And I think, uh, you know, we need to focus on developing relationships uh, where people don't feel judged um, for whatever, their lifestyle or whatever. Uh, The other thing that uh, when you were talking about, you know, church family, the family, um, I think a lot of us think of two things. First of all, your nuclear family, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the church family. Um, and I think it's really good to focus on our families, our nuclear families. Is that the right term? Uh, because spending time with family is a great, a great thing. And it's, it's wonderful. Sometimes it's hard to balance our, our nuclear family with our church family. And one thing that I found really surprising at Christmas, when we did the Christmas Eve service, mm-hmm. that I think there was one family, one one family from our church that was there who did not have children or someone that was part of the service. All the rest of the people were either part of it, parents or grandparents of the kids, or um, people from outside the church. And I found that really, I, I was surprised by that. That the families in our church don't consider the Christmas Eve thing or, or the things that go on at the church around Christmas time to be something that they want to be part of as a family. Mm-hmm. They want to stay at home with their only with their family. Mm-hmm. And I just found that interesting. Build this As we move forward in wanting to build this culture of family, mm-hmm. I think it is important to recognize, you know, I, I mean, the, the Bible, Jesus is very clear, Paul is very clear, the Bible is very clear on how we're to interact with other believers, that we're called to love them. In fact, Jesus even says in his last address before going to the cross, he's sitting with his disciples, he says, I give you a new command, mm-hmm. love your brother, mm-hmm. uh, love one another, right? That This mm-hmm. idea that we're to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a separate command from love your neighbor as yourself, which mm-hmm. is, is more... Mm-hmm. Uh, outside the church and, and our communities. and But but there is, an, and as we, not where we internalize, like sometimes what happens is churches will internalize and we only love mm-hmm. uh, our brothers. Each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But recognizing that as we develop a culture of family, it's going to mean wrestling through some of the challenges maybe we have with each other mm-hmm. so that we can create a culture for other people to walk into, mm-hmm. of belonging, of, mm-hmm. of, of feeling at home. Mm-hmm. I think this whole radical hospitality 
uh, is pretty radical. And that's why it's called radical hospitality. Mm -hmm. When you really think about it, and a lot of people might think, oh, I don't want to go that far. You know, I don't want to do that make that such a huge part of my life like mm -hmm. I you know there's church there's my Christian walk there's this and that but then there's the job there's the this and that and you know uh, how much of ourselves how much of our lives how much of our time are we going to devote to church or God or or whatever because I I've had all those thoughts Right? You go, oh, you know, when I first became a Christian, I, one of the impediments was, uh-oh, what's God going to make me do? But I've learned that God is such a gentle God. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he knows us so much better than we know ourselves. Yeah. And um, it's not such a scary thing mm -hmm. uh, when it's practically applied. I've had to me, it's it's the only way that I feel that I can do Christianity or or be a follower of Jesus, mm -hmm. because that was who Jesus was yeah. in everything he did, in every breath he took. Yeah. He was here to serve his people you know just to love us and to to teach us and to grow our our faith and to heal us and um that was his whole being and to me and that's pretty it might sound really intimidating uh that's to me that we're we're to follow his example oh absolutely yeah, it comes back to that command of follow me. Yeah. And I think, I think it's funny that so many times we look at the fall of actually following Jesus mm -hmm. as something that's radical. Yeah. And it's not. That's, that is the lifestyle that every believer is called to. Yeah. Um, it's not complicated. Mm -hmm. He lays it out very clearly. Mm -hmm. And so much of it is just about us saying, okay, I will choose to follow. Mm -hmm. It's that command of follow me. Yeah. And that I, I think of that that those words we love because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. um, that's why yeah. he gives us yeah. the love. Yeah. He created us to love, mm -hmm. and a lot of people have fallen away from that. And that's why we love mm -hmm. because he loves because he loved us first. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh wrap it up there. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts for everyone. Um, but I don't think so. No. All right. Well, I just, we just want to uh, take a moment and just pray for you. If you're hearing this and you're feeling, man, that's overwhelming, or maybe you're really encouraged by this. That's, that's what our hope is, is that you're encouraged by this time. Um, and we just want to pray for you that maybe you're, maybe you're feeling encouraged, but you're feeling like you just don't even know where the next step is and you need the Holy Spirit to highlight that to you. Uh, we just want to take some time right now and just pray for you. Uh, so wherever you are, uh, God sees your heart. 
He sees your struggle. He sees maybe you're feeling overwhelmed or your excitement in this. Um, he sees your gifting. He sees your ability. He sees. He, he wired you. He knows exactly who you are. And when he asks us to do something, it's because he has something so much better for us. I think that's important to, mm-hmm. to remember. He's not asking us to do it just for the sake of being uncomfortable. It's because he sees that on the other side of it, there's something so much greater. And maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe this is your first time hearing about Jesus. We want you to know that he loves you so unconditionally. Mm-hmm. There's no conditions on his love for you. Mm-hmm. Um, he is inviting you to be part of his family, to follow him, to everything we've been talking about. He's inviting you into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, if you've been in the church for a long time, or or wherever you're at this morning, wherever you're at with God, wherever you're at uh, with church, uh, we just want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. Uh, we want to pray that the Holy Spirit will just meet you. So if you'll just uh, close your eyes with us. Uh, if you want to do something like standing up physically to, to show your response, you can do that. But uh, we just want to take a moment and just pray for you. So Jesus, we just thank you for each person who's joining with us this morning. We pray that you would encourage them, that you would refresh them, that this wouldn't be a burden, but that you would just uh, reveal yourself to them in this. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would awaken us and just open our eyes to the people that you have put around us. That we can uh, just love them and that we can see them as people who you dearly love. Jesus, we're sorry for any time that we've seen people as projects or something to work on. And we just want to repent from that and just change directions and see them the way that you see them with your eyes. That you give us your heart. And Jesus, most of all, I ask this morning that you would break our heart for the lost. That we wouldn't just be content living our lives, but that you would so upend uh, our hearts with with your heart, that you would break our hearts for what breaks your heart, Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we just thank you for this morning. We pray a blessing on each person who's watching, in Jesus' name, that they would have the courage to follow you, to to respond to the command of following you. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, Gloria, thank you so much for giving us this time, uh, for sharing of your insights and your wisdom and all that you've been studying and reading. Uh, we hope this has been an encouragement for you. If this morning, if uh, you're new here in church, if this is maybe your first time or this is uh, a new concept for you, this idea of, of God and church and a culture of family, And if you're feeling like you would like to choose to follow Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. Uh, We'd love to connect you with people who can encourage you and build you up. And we'd love to give you next steps when it comes to baptism and just moving ahead uh, on your journey. Bless you guys. Have an awesome week.